Hi and welcome to the podcast, you're having tea with Alice. Thank you for bearing with me through this festival season, I've hit the end of it. It's been uh, quite a journey, was uh, from Perth to Adelaide to Canberra to Melbourne to Sydney. The last four months have been wall-to-wall work, which has been good. It's been good to have something to concentrate on and work is, you know, I like my work and it's been keeping me busy and those are two things that are good things. This is a conversation I had in Melbourne with Mike Goldstein, who's just a lovely Perth comedian, uh, originally American, travels around a lot. He's kind of pan-Australian comedian, I guess. And I'm sorry I didn't put this up earlier because it was recorded in Melbourne. But look him up on Twitter, hunt him down on Facebook if you enjoy this conversation. I enjoyed having it. It was more relationshipy than our... I normally do, but I think it was because we came off the back of doing Love Bites, which is my my panel show where we talk about love. So I think we were both in that in that particular vein. Upcoming, I have a stack of smaller gigs coming up in uh, Sydney, Melbourne, Adelaide, uh, Perth. I am moving to Melbourne <laughs> for six weeks or two months before I go to Edinburgh. I'll be doing Savage and Love Bites in Edinburgh. And, dear God, that's going to be intense. Uh, until then, I'm just going to try and get back into a routine and and keep churning out material, write some new songs. I might I might do something like that, like an album or something. I don't know. It's it's good. I feel I feel like the world is opening up a little bit for me. I've kept a very narrow focus, keeping things together. Thank you everybody who came out to Melbourne uh, and to Perth and to Adelaide and to all of my shows. Um, The whole Sydney run sold out and I think we're going to get an extra show which is incredibly exciting and cool and uh, entirely due to you listeners and people who have come to my show and supported me. So I'm happy. I'm happy. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, This is Mike Goldstein. You're having tea with Alice. So it's usually some kind of contrarian point of view. Not necessarily contrarian, but ideally something that you think is worth saying or worth explaining or whatever. Right. Yeah. Oh yeah, I guess. And we usually, we come to it organically though. Yeah, we can come to it organically or we can come to it artificially. I don't really mind. Are we on? Has this been going for a while? Uh, no, we just started now. Oh, okay. But I can cut out whatever you like. Nah, I don't give a uh, shit. What I've it? had a couple of people come on and, and have their ideas carry them a little further than they would like to be carried, and I'll pull that stuff. Right. But, uh, but you, were a, you were a lawyer. I was a lawyer. I was a... Longer than I was, too. Um, how long did you last? A year and a day at Allen's, and then before that, about eight months at UBS in New York. Oh, wow. So you top-tiered it. Yeah. Yeah, sure. Figured I might as well uh, burn all my bridges. Yeah. Well, I lasted a year and ten months, so just shy. Just shy of two years, and first year at a big firm, second ten months at a... um, at a small kind of boutique type place where I had way more responsibility, and I hated both equally. See, that was the thing. With UBS, it was like the most brutal corporate environment you could possibly imagine. Right. Post-GFC, just everyone's stressed and cutthroat and miserable, and mm. 
I was only as an intern there, so I was being paid nothing. Yeah. And I hated it. And then I came in, and Alan's in, in Sydney is beautiful. Yeah. Art on the walls. Look very friendly. You. And house chef. They have yeah, yeah. Dinner every night if you want it. And so I sort of got both ends of the spectrum, and I hated both of them. Right. Uh, and I just thought, well, it's not for me. Yeah. The corporate thing. I often wonder what would happen if I had started in a smaller firm or doing litigation or something. Yeah, I don't know. Like, I think there's a pull creatively away from that cut and dry black letter law. And yeah, I think, I mean, there is a lot of comics that come out of the, the law background. And I think it's just something of maybe being able to think analytically or or just away with words. I don't know why it is, but I just think... Good. So you got any dangerous ideas, Mike? For just any... Oh, for anything. Uh, I don't know. I am a... I don't, I'm a proponent of the that monogamy is is a is a construct, and it just it it doesn't feel feel right. Um, mm. And I've been in long term relationships, and I've just and I've just found that it seems like a forced institution. So when you say monogamy, do you mean a lifelong monogamy, or do you mean? Serial monogamy or monogamy of any kind. Both, when probably the biggest, or uh, yeah, so serial monogamy or lifelong. Um, I guess one bleeds into the other, um, but lifelong monogamy to me seems very unnatural, and it's not even coming from a standpoint like oh, I just want to. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not even like that. I've just found that any relationship after two years or so, like it's it's run its course. And I have exes that I still have nothing but love for, but, you know, anything past that, just from my own experience, I've just felt like we're, we're just, all this is, is remembering how good it was before. Okay. Yeah. So that's an interesting, that's an interesting thing. What do you think is your ideal setup then? Two-year contract with an option to renew? Yeah. Because I've proposed that before. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's something. Uh, no, I mean it's obviously you have to take it on it on a, a case by case basis. But I, yeah, like it's it's a difficult one because you still care for people and have affection for them. Mm. Um, but at the at the same point, like I just see people in in loveless marriages and relationships. You know, I'm early thirties now, so all my friends I grew up with are married. All your friends are in loveless relationships. Pretty well, pretty much. Like, I mean, there's a few exceptions to the rule. And shit, I look at my parents who have been married now, fifty years, and they're still totally in love. And you know, just obviously just partners. And I'm, I'm, and just like that's amazing. You know, like Mm. it is insanely amazing. And and most people I know are children of divorce. Uh, growing up, like I've the five guys that I've known since I was three years old, uh, four of them, yeah, parents divorced when they were young. And then the rest, yeah, I don't know. And I just think marriage, and everyone, people always say, oh, well, you know, you'll meet the right one and you'll think differently. And I think, you know, that's, that's just such a bullshit. It's like the people back. who came up to me after my show the other day, which is about why a Christian guy said something to me yeah. trying to convert me in the moment of just my absolute misery yeah. and why that was not an appropriate thing to do and then they came up after the show and congratulated me on the show and then were like but you'll understand his message in time you're like ah, yeah. Ah, yeah. I don't ah. it's people projecting and forcing their fucking viewpoints 
in a, in a... It's an insecurity. Yeah. If they genuinely believe that you'll change your mind yeah. in time, yeah. then they can just let you do that? Yeah. They don't have to tell you that, that it will happen? Yeah, totally. Yeah, that's what I don't get. And then it's almost like they want you to be part of their club. It's like when people with kids, like, you know, then that's their end-all, be-all, and I'm happy for them, whatever, that's fine. But when they ask you, like, if you have kids or you want kids, and, and, I'm, and I'm, no, I'm just, some people just aren't the type for marriage and family, and they take offense to that, you know? They're like, how, how can you not want kids? Like, it really, it's validated my existence. How do you operate? <laughs> and I'm just like, the happily, like, I'm just, I'm, I'm very content How do you selfish. justify not passing on that pretty face, no, Mike? I don't want to <laughs> subject some kid to a looking like a weathered 14-year-old when he's 32. <laughs> so, um, yeah, so I guess that's a viewpoint that I don't express. I've never talked about it on stage because I think it comes off as, hey, ladies, you know, like there's a, there's a, I think there's a perceived sleaziness about having that attitude but it's not honestly it has nothing to do with hooking up i've just from previous experience long-term relationships so taking sex out of the equation you think on a romantic level yeah this kind of love is not something that is meant to last right there's there's an expiry date on it it's like an apple or whatever yeah and if it lasts too long you're a bit suspicious yeah (laughs) a bit yeah but i mean that of that being said i'm currently in a relationship and we've just reached the two-year mark and that's it's not come from this like we're still very much in love but i just like she's much younger and i have this cynicism like okay at some point you know she's i'm I'm wasting her youth you know i know that sounds fucking like oh no 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 i understand that but she's like you know early 20s and i'm just like yeah i almost we'll see we'll see what happens but like from Does previous... she, have you had this conversation about kids and stuff? Or? No, well, because she's only she's just twenty three, so she has does not have that as a as a motivation right now. You know, mm. I think I mean I'm not speaking for all women or anything, but maybe that's later twenties or early thirties. Certainly, in our culture now, yeah. it's it's considered something that you you put off until you start feeling the ticking it's not something you get out of the way early yeah yeah um, and she's a child of divorce and her parents absolutely loathe each other and oh, that's upsetting yeah so and i've seen a lot of that but um so no she does not have that but my relationship before her i was dating a more age-appropriate girl in the, the 32 or something and and she that was very much she was pushing towards marriage and kids and it really like i really backed away because of it mm. yeah and it's not even just not wanting well because even with this stupid job that we do it's hard to maintain a relationship yeah well because you go away for a month or two or three at a time mm. uh and when you're working is in the evening particularly if they have a, a day job your hours clash yeah I mean, it makes for me being a great housemate because you never see me. I'm the invisible housemate. If you're I'm... a FIFO worker at yeah, the end of the day. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's it. And, like, if you're just never around and, and it's hard, I think their perception sometimes is that we're out 
just doing gigs and partying with our audience every night and you know and it's not like that it's a shitstorm of insecurity and, and self-doubt and you ups know? and downs and ups every and downs. every up is matched by a down yeah totally and and then you bring the down home as well because the up's out there and yeah. then you bring the down home yeah and you just go love me love yeah. me and they're yeah. like what about me love me yeah totally and the ups <laughs> the ups are fleeting and the downs fucking stay with you you know what i'm saying yeah. like yeah like a killer gig you'll go that was good you know it's fun and then if you have a shit one the next night you'll think about that for weeks at least that's how i yeah certainly or a heckle that you don't quite deal with properly yeah like not ray badrin level of of yeah badly dealing with it but uh but it's one of those things where you like wake up in a sweat three nights later and you're like that's what i should have said (laughs) god damn it yeah or you deal with it in an angry blog which is what i tend to do all right i had a man call me bread in perth the other uh, the other week and it just bothered me so much that I had to write an angry blog about it. He called you bread? Well, I may, I have a joke, uh, which is very clearly a, a joke. You yeah. know, some jokes are funny because they're true. This was very clearly a not true yeah, yeah, yeah. joke. I say, oh, I have great... Di- uh, it's, a, it's a play on the I have a trouble with relationships. I don't have trouble... I mean, it's not that people don't approach me. I just don't like conflict. So mm-hmm. I never have the difficult... Com- it means I have 14 boyfriends now, right? Yeah. yeah. And I say that's not true. Yeah. It's 12. Right? Yeah. It's a lot of calendar work. And then he pipes up with, you're like bread, everyone touches it, no one wants it. He said that? Yeah. You're like bread, everyone touches it, no one wants it. And I was like... Everyone wants bread, what the fuck? Well, I mean, first of all... (laughs) Yeah, well, everyone wants bread, no one wants bread that everyone's touched, but also like... Like, logistically, even people who are polyamorists yeah. can only manage, like, three relationships at a time. Yeah. It's, it's sort of... He can't have thought that I was telling the truth. Yeah. But he was just kind of slut-shaming this imaginary person. Yeah. That I was. That's a bizarre heckle. And so I couldn't handle it in the moment. In the moment, I just did what I normally do with men who heckle me, which is threaten them with extreme physical violence. All right. Because it's funny. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. No, it's good playing on sexism maybe I don't know well, but, no, but that's use shit use it to your advantage but then I just know? writhed about it for fucking hours and I had to write something it's almost like it's such a weird thing to say that it's if you would have just kept asking him questions he just would have just revealed himself to be this massive idiot anyways you know and you could have just gotten a joke out of that yeah exactly which is what I wish I had done but as yeah. it was it kind of threw me so much yeah yeah and you reacted I reacted in yeah, yeah. the wrong well not the wrong way it was effective yeah but it was not the best way yeah 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 I'm surprised there wasn't a headline Alice Frazier tells audience member she'll chop <laughs> his head off celiacs yeah yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, well I mean of course there's not I mean this stuff is really yeah I uh, I don't know I had you tell me what the worst heckle you've had is and then I'll tell you a story worst heckle I've had fuck I've been attacked on stage physically yeah physically by whom uh some piece of shit um at the comedy store in Sydney when I was was I hosting I forget I was on no 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 I was just doing a spot in the second half and this guy, uh, his girlfriend, like, you know how you can watch what's going on in that screen backstage at the comedy store? So I'm watching, and there's the front row is just insanely drunk. And this woman is, takes her shoes off, and she's spinning her shoes around. And I'm watching, I actually think it was Ray Badrin on before me. And she's, like, spinning her shoe around. Ray goes, you know, what, what are you doing? And she goes, she stands up, and she turns around to the crowd. 
And she goes, ladies, how hard is it to walk in these? Like this? And like, and Ray, you know, I handled this heckle very well. And he just said, you know, she just shut up and sit down. And then she got thrown out. Like yeah. the security they have at the store. But her boyfriend stayed. Right, her boyfriend was just sitting there. Oh, what a supportive yeah. partner! Yeah, but <laughs> Ray and Ray finished his set, and I'm just watching this melee because everyone was yelling at her when she was like waving her standing up with her shoe around, and so I come out after Ray, and the boyfriend's just sitting there, and he's just this roided out, just 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 bright red drunk. You know, some people like their their blood vessels don't work properly when they're drunk, and they just turn into this bright red beat like creature and anyways he's sitting there just fuming right and uh i made the mistake of engaging him i was like you know wow it it must be hard to walk in her shoes especially when she's getting thrown the fuck out like this and you know and everyone's cheering and i'm totally like feeding off the crowd and how they've turned against these people in the front row right and he's just sitting there and he starts going whatever cunt like after everything i say um, you know whatever cunt like that and i go that is brilliant man whatever you're gonna say that after everything i say and he's like whatever cunt like that <laughs> and i was like i was just like all right that's that's really you know are those the only two words you know blah 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 and then uh just going on and on and just that and, combination of the need to be aggressive but yeah. also to show how unfazed he is it's a kind of a perfect combination yeah. of words whatever yeah, yeah. but then and he also gets to insult yeah people. totally and he's just sitting there arms crossed and uh fuck it was just like turning into this melee and i was just giving him more and more shit and all the insults like the crowd was feeding off of and uh then he like his phone rings and it's got to be his girlfriend outside and he answers his phone he's like hey and i go why didn't that was your girlfriend that would have been the perfect moment to say whatever cunt like this you know and it was just spiraling out of control i don't don't think i got any material in at this point and then like like get the, I still get the red light you know how they give you the red light at the yeah. store and I was like oh shit that's my time um, honestly man like I enjoyed that I, I don't know if you did but no hard feelings and I went to this is the biggest mistake I went to shake his hand oh no yeah and he grabs like high up on my arm and rips me into the audience oh no yeah 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 so like it's kind of a high stage yeah, yeah, of the it's, store. A, it's about a thigh high on me yeah so. yeah yeah so I go kind of barreling into the crowd and like luckily like some people kind of catch me so I didn't like fall on glass drinks or anything and then um uh and the security guard is just like standing there not doing shit just the useless fucking moron he was he was happy enough to throw the girl out but then now this big dude the security guard is just watching from the side and so I get back on stage, and then on like security, I think I think Jack, you know Jack that worked at the store, I think had to drag this dude out. So they they got him out after this, and I get back on stage and on the microphone, and I go, well, um, everyone in this room is gonna remember that shit forever, like this, and then everyone cheered, and I was like, okay, see ya. Uh, so that was the end of that set. So that was a physical altercation. Were you damaged? No, there's some bruises and stuff, but it was like nothing. It's no, nowhere as bad as it could have been. Like, say, if I fell on a glass, and you know, like, it could have been worse. But it was, it was a mistake going for the handshake, totally. But that was a physical altercation. I mean, I've had so... I've done the mind sight tours. Oh, yes. So I've had just insane heckles before, and it's usually some variation of calling me a cunt with seppo usually you know that derogatory term for an american a no seppo? you've never heard, I've never that? heard that seppo like if i get introduced as american sometimes before i even get to the microphone mainly in w- wa people will say fuck off seppo why is it seppo it's it's rhyming slang so it's like 
Uh, an American is a yank. Yeah. And that rhymes with tank, septic tank, seppo. You've never heard that? <laughs> no, I've it's never so heard that. It's so dumb. But yeah, I guess maybe just because I've heard it so much. But I'm totally unfazed by heckles. Um, I think the one I dread getting the most is a variation of write some new material. Or we've heard that. Yeah, you okay, know? that's interesting. Yeah, because otherwise, personal like... I don't know any kind of it's usually just people engaging you know I think most comics jump on hecklers not realizing they're just they just think they can contribute they're yeah. not trying to like phase you or like insult you personally yeah well see this is the interesting thing with the bread man That's is that so I had weird. engaged with him in a relatively minor way early on I mm. say I have a joke where I say winking is sexy because by deliberately bringing on a lack of depth perception you show you're willing to live dangerously yeah, right yeah. which I think is a good joke yeah it's great then he goes but I've been winking at you all night and I was like I can't see you was he on his own was he I think he must have yeah. been I said I, look I can't see you man you're in the dark I'm in the light yeah figure out optical physics before you approach me I have high standards yeah which I thought was a relatively okay way yeah. of dealing with it but then he just kept coming at me because he felt like I hadn't done yeah. given him something that he wanted whatever it was that he wanted yeah and so he just got increasingly more you insulting. open up a dialogue too where he's like oh this is about me as yeah well. yeah whereas I thought if you just address it often they'll shut up because they're pleased yeah that you've yeah recognized them yeah totally yeah i mean that's it obviously again it totally depends on the circumstances with the heckler but it's problematic when in that case where he was being slightly sexually aggressive yeah and so it wasn't just a heckler being shut down it was a man yeah. being shut down yeah i mean there is a definite paradigm shift like it or not between a woman getting heckled and a guy because there's so many different things to contend with at that point. You know what I'm saying? Like, I yeah, just, the power dynamics are yeah, different. It's yeah. not just alpha male on alpha male. Although yeah. sometimes you can trick them into thinking it is. Yeah. Like if you just be more powerful than them, yeah. sometimes they'll shut up. Yeah, yeah. But if they've got that weird, and I this sounds really weird, but I've lost a bit of weight recently um, because I well because I put on weight when I was stressed out uh, last year. But I've lost some weight, and it means now that I can't put down hecklers who are men in ways that are emasculating. Right. Because then That's they come back the at me. Yeah, Because yeah. it's not just a person-to-person thing. There's, like, some sexual dynamic on it. Yeah. Which, you know, I'm not saying that I'm fucking awesome or anything, but... It's it's shifted. Something has shifted, and that's the only thing that I can think that has changed about my stage presence. Right. Is that I've lost some weight. Right. Huh. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I couldn't speak to that uh, as as in terms of how that would change in the moment. It also means I have to disclaimer my body image jokes more. I have to ease into them. Right. Much more when I'm talking about women and looks. Right. And stuff. Yeah. Which is annoying. Because why? You feel like you have to couch it and like... Well, because I, it's, I don't realise yeah. that I look like a perfectly well put together young woman. You do. I always think that I look like an insecure bag of slop, right? right? So I'm coming at this from like, we all know what this feels like. Yeah. And it can come across as like, you guys. Mm. It can come across as me being distant from them. Right. Which I, I don't ever think it does. Yeah. 
So if I talk about some, you know, plastic surgery and what are they trying to do, yeah. it comes across as somebody who's quite privileged attacking right. someone who's underprivileged when I think of myself as kind of on the level. Right, right, right. I see what you're saying. I think, I mean, I, I, I guess my approach is that if, if the crowd is still on side, fuck them. Just do whatever the heckler, you know, like if, if it's, as long as you're not alienating the entire group of people do you know what i'm saying yeah. like yeah and the heckler with is with anyone they're usually drunk and then the more you engage they're just gonna say something stupid and then if you handle it with a light enough touch you can just move on yeah. to the next thing i had a guy screaming australia australia at me at a gig a couple weeks ago and i just was like i he was so i couldn't even get anything out of him besides him just yelling Australia and I was like well you're obviously very patriotic and <laughs> you must be the type that goes to Bali and you know wears a, a, a flag cape and you know and he just was just yelling Australia and it was the crowd was weirded out and it was um yeah I just kind of just barreled on to the next joke um and I was hosting so yeah I just tried to shut him up as much as possible but the hard thing is is when like corporates if you get heckled at a corporate that's a that's a a bizarre thing yeah because yeah, you can't shut them down because you don't know who they are compared to everyone else yeah there's and a, they'll close ranks on you oh totally you walk away then in five minutes and they never have to care about you again yeah so. exactly and there's a hierarchy there and you have no idea like you might be insulting alice from accounts payable that everyone loves or you know or something and it's just that's bizarre at least at least a comedy club is a group of disparate strangers that have never been in a room yeah, together. Yeah, you can before. divide and conquer. Yeah. I, I had that once with a charity gig that I didn't realize was all the same company. Mm. And I shut down this guy who just was talking about me quite loudly to his friend. He wasn't even heckling me directly, just wouldn't stop talking. Yeah, that's And I was the MC, yeah. and I shut him down once and then twice and then really hard, and the whole audience turned yeah. like that. Yeah. And this was the first bracket, and it was just the rest of the night was a nightmare. Yeah. yeah well that's like because on the mind tours especially if i'm just doing gigs on the mines by myself because it's like they're stuck in a prison camp together in the remote outback of you know wa completely lose their grip on civilization yeah yeah so i'll always open that or even like walk around before i go on and just talk to people and go who should i hang shit on Mm. uh just because that unites them they go oh you know jono you know he's uh he's got this quirk or whatever you know and that that's a kind of a unifying thing and it really just works wonders on a mindset where they all know each other and they and they know the guy that can take shit and it's um yeah so uh, there's so many different variables obviously with every comedy night so yeah so with your to go back to your relationships thing yeah do you say that going in to the women who you're... What, that I... No. That you think that you've got a two-year expiry date on your yeah. affection? No. No. I'm, I've never... Yeah, I mean, I don't think I, I can be that matter-of-fact even about it. And Is it because you're romantic at the beginning? Do you think every time that it might be the one? Well, no. I don't think I've ever... The one, I think, is kind of a, a myth as well. Um, but going in, I've never been like, look, after, if this goes to two years, then I'll start to lose interest because I mean, you never know. Um, but I don't, I think that's unfair to them as well. Um, yeah, it's tricky because no one, no one wants to, 
I mean, I think a lot of people still buy into the myth of happily ever after, and, you know? Well, maybe it's like, you know, two years now is a lot less than two years used to be yeah. in terms of subjective experience. Maybe it'll last longer because you'll just feel like it's been less time. Yeah, yeah, maybe. <laughs> yeah, to, you know, five years will be your new two years, and then yeah. eventually... Eventually I'll be dead. Yeah, eventually you'll be dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's one way of looking at it, I suppose, but... I mean, in the olden days you used to have your partner mm. you ma- who you were married to and then people would sort of have mistresses and things yeah not so good for the women although yeah. i imagine they did their own thing yeah uh yeah so the olden days man that's when i was life was so much simpler <laughs> life in, in the olden days you used to just meet a man and yeah. buy his daughter yeah that's it even what what do what the italians call it a gumar is there they had a specific term for all their mistresses but i don't want mistresses i just don't want to feel trapped in relationships. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I do. Yeah. I do. Yeah. I know, and I, I sort of have seen the trappedness from yeah. in the best possible way mm. in that my dad, my mum and my dad were going out when my mum was diagnosed with MS, mm-hmm. and then they got married, mm-hmm. even after she was diagnosed, right. knowing that they didn't know what was going to happen, that she could live five years or ten years, or they didn't know how badly she would be disabled or how quickly. Right. MS is quite unpredictable in that way. Right. What it will take first yeah. could have been anything. Yeah. Sorry, and, right. uh, yeah, that is 33 years, right? Yeah, yeah, of yeah. the best possible kind years. of relationship. Yeah. Of just looking after each other and that kind of partnership. Yeah. And... I'm terrified of that. Yeah, as you should be. I'm terrified of that. Why would... I don't want to do that. I don't want to be the person getting looked after. Yeah. Equally, I don't necessarily want to be the person doing the looking after. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I don't know. So what's the the longest term relationship you've been in? Five years. Oh, yeah. Five years is, yeah, that's how that is. Have you ever had any just total shithouse crazy relationships that were just poisonous I had a brief thing I wouldn't call it a relationship but yeah. where the guy went nuts uh-huh. completely nuts yeah um, and went off the rails yeah then he went completely nuts and did the like stalky thing uh. te- you know I blocked his phone number so he started texting me from pay phones and really can you text from a payphone? Yeah, you can. In all That's, caps. Oh, right. So you're shouting as yeah, well. Yeah, it's fucking terrifying. Yeah. I mean you no harm. In uh, all caps is just terrifying. Yeah. That's like almost... would look like ransom letter letters. Yeah. You know? Like, yeah. And then, you know, it's also, it's also quite difficult because this traveling lifestyle and I don't date comedians. That's a good policy, I think. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you get some people with tempers, like, I just, like, so quick to fly off the handle. I mean, that, a relationship that I think I briefly discussed at the the Love Bites show, the ex that stole the cat. Yeah. Like, she was just, just insane, fiery, and shouty, and, and I, like, am super laid back and hadn't lost my cool in since I could ever remember and then until dating this girl and then it was just like I found myself like in shouting matches and I was like this isn't me and then she was she was just not a, a good person um but that that almost lasted two years so that is almost... it interesting 
to you that want that like you don't get angry, but mm. then when you are angry, it's really hard. Yeah, and I'm just, I don't find it cathartic or, or a release in any way. Like I just in the moment, I just feel ridiculous. You know? <laughs> As you're doing it, you're yeah. like, why am I? Yeah, and it's just such a loss of control that it's I fucking hate it. Yeah, I yeah. really, I don't like it. And I can't really do proper anger without crying either. Right. Because I find it such an unpleasant feeling yeah. that I I just can't. I just can't. I would yeah. so much rather just the icy exchange of... <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I'd rather bottle shit up and then fucking just have it, have it come to a head in a, uh, a public space. <laughs> <laughs> have bullet points. Yeah. And deal with them one by one. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I don't know. I mean, it's uh, communication. Obviously, is important in any relationship and an open dialogue. But but you don't need to like if you communicate well enough early enough, mm. it never gets bad enough that you get shouty. Yeah. You just sort of ping someone early. We're like, oh, actually, could you? Yeah. And if they are turned on, then they go, oh, sorry, yeah, sure, sorry. Yeah. And by turned on, I mean switched on. Yeah. Um, yeah. yeah, sorry, oh, I'll stop that. And you, I mean, that's all you really need. Yeah. And then I feel like, yeah, well, because then what you're looking for in a partner is someone who doesn't annoy you as much as most other people. Your crazinesses are compatible. Yeah, totally. I mean, that's it. And like, um, yeah, if, if, there, if, you can, if you can just hang out and not have to dwell on every little aspect of the relationship, I think that's fortuitous. Maybe that's just me bottling shit up, you know, but yeah. As in you don't want to talk about it? Well, not like like there's any problems, but uh, you know, the, this, like the state of the union discussions every day where you're like, where, where, are, what are we, where is this going? You know, that Yeah, I've never had those conversations. Yeah. I think I missed out on training wheels relationships through high school and yeah. early university where you kind of figure that stuff out yeah so i i'm those conversations always come out of left field for me they're like where is this going yeah and i just sort of go i don't know i thought it was just just fun hanging out do you what yeah. did, and they're like no, no no you need to see me at least three times a week and we need to you know th- that stuff i'm like ah yeah that's just yeah. thought e. Which is not to say that I don't get, like, freaked out by, like, if they don't reply to a text thing. Like, I'm yeah. still needy or whatever. Yeah. But, or, but I, try, I try not to be. Yeah. So it's not... They won't know that I'm freaking out. Right. That, that's not something that I tend to... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. For whatever reason, I'm too much pride or something, if, mm-hmm. if you're not interested in me. <laughs> He'll back off. Um, I hate competing. I hate it. Yeah, I don't know. So the monogamy thing. I mean, there's there's theories that the the love is that a chemical being released in your brain, and there's a name for the chemical which I can't remember. Oxytocin. Yeah, and that, not oxycontin. No, which is hillbilly heroin. Which, but oxytocin. Yeah, oxytocin. Which is that chemical um, is, you know, flooding your brain when you're so-called in love for nine months to a year or something. Mm. And that's the, you know, time it takes to, to get pregnant and then, reprodu- you know, reproduce and have the kid. And then after that, it's um, apparently that's when it, you know, drops off immediately. And this is just, this is just a broad theory on monogamy and then it's just like i said before then it's just a, a, a memory of that feeling is what you're placing on so here's an interesting idea yeah 
they are figuring out neurotropic medications and neurological mm-hmm. chemical mm-hmm. stuff every day. Mm-hmm. They are trialing at the moment oxytocin producing drugs. Right. As with ecstasy or whatever, you're producing serotonin. Yeah. They now have drugs that they think can reliably replicate releases of oxytocin yeah. to your brain. Right. If you're in a relationship uh-huh. and if you get married, yeah. how would you feel about putting in the marriage contract that you have to yeah. take that, that to, drug? To trick yourself into... Is, is it tricking yourself? The chemicals are there. True, but it just seems not fabricated, but manufactured um, in a way that's false. And like, if, if you take that... I mean, how much worse is it than like... Every Tuesday's date night, and then we have sex on Wednesday. Yeah. Like, how much worse is it than that if you've decided to partner with someone for, let's say, the, the purpose of having children? Yeah. So you've agreed that for at least 18 years, you're mm. going to be together, you're going to raise these kids, mm. and then you'll reassess the relationship once right. they're out of the home. Right. Um, for that 18 years. For that 18 years, you take this pill once a week that you feel like you're in love. Fuck, that's brutal. What if you miss? <laughs> what if you like lose the pills and then reality comes crashing in? Yeah. Then you got to go to the doctor and get a yeah, get your prescription filled. Fuck, and then well, it's like, what if it's misdirected? What if I'm on a business trip and and I I, I pop the pill and and then all of a sudden your oh. secretary becomes yeah so much more appealing. Yeah, yeah, that seems or vice versa. Yeah. If you're going on a business trip, maybe I say, all right, hand the pills over. Yeah, that's it. So you can yeah, shit. I mean, I wouldn't feel right doing it. I don't think anyone would. Cause if, no, but yeah. why? It's an interesting ethical yeah. proposition. Why would you feel bad about? Honoring your commitment. Yeah, yeah, yeah. If you've made that commitment. Yeah. With every possible but, aid. Yeah, but wouldn't it be like with anything else? You wouldn't feel wrong about going to marriage counseling. No, but again, marriage counseling to me, I used to, I tried to get a joke about marriage counseling off the ground forever, and it just like never, like, you know, it's one of those things where one time it, it killed, mm. and then I was like, oh, sweet, this is an awesome new bit. And then every time after that, it would get kind of a middling response. And yeah, yeah. it's just, I don't know why some jokes are like that. I think it's the energy you might bring to it the first time you ever say it on stage. But um, yeah, the joke was people go to counseling for, um, you know, things like uh, gambling, uh, uh, drugs and alcohol. Uh, and when you go to counseling, you know, for those things, they try and make you quit. But marriage is the only thing you go to counseling for. And they go, you know that thing you're doing that's fucking ruining your life? We, you should keep doing that. <laughs> and it just, like, it was, the point was there, but I could, like, the first time it worked well. And then, yeah, and then it, went, it used to bleed into a discussion about get a divorce if you want a divorce. Like, divorce is fantastic. It's an out. It's an escape. It's a lifeboat on the Titanic. Um yeah, and then I forgot there was there was a punchline somewhere in there after that. <laughs> but I was saying yeah, but most people uh, with the Titanic analogy, um, yeah, you you'll just end up. It took a very male centric view at that point. Said you'll just end up slowly drowning and freezing in the icy cold water while your wife floats by in a piece of driftwood you could both easily fit on. <laughs> yeah, 
And so, like, it was, like, it would just kind of get, like, an okay response, but it never, like, crushed hard enough to keep it in the bit. But, the, I mean, the counseling thing, especially, is, yeah, I just always thought marriage counseling was, was bizarre. And I get people want to stay married for, for kids and, you know, to have, a, like, a, a, a home and a, you know, a role models like or whatever. a partnership. Yeah, a partnership. But, yeah, anything outside of that, yeah. It's fine. Hey. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I don't know. Maybe I'll try that joke again tonight at the show. Maybe you should. Yeah, because it is at odds. Because if, especially if you get a bunch of married people in your crowd, I don't know. They're just like, you're just shitting on what they've devoted maybe you should, to. Maybe you should switch the genders. Yeah. I often find that with jokes about uh, sex or whatever. Like that one that I, I said before. Yeah. Where you say you just meet a man and buy his daughter. Yeah. That's that works because I start. You presume that I'm the woman. Yeah. And that switches over and then I'm the man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe you should do it like that. So then you know, come across as a misogynist. Is it? Does it? Uh, so the misogyny, the misogyny in the joke that the implies wife... that the wife is the bitch. No, no, because no, okay. she's drifting away on a piece of driftwood that is easily both. enough to fit. Yeah. You could say the husband yeah, 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 is yeah. drifting away. You're in the water. Yeah. And your husband's drifting away on a piece of driftwood that could fit both of you. Right. So maybe that's how it was being misinterpreted because I thought the implication was that in a divorce, classically, the women get the lion's share of, 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 of assets and everything to, for support. Interesting. Yeah. I ha- I wasn't thinking about that. When when you say f- cold water, yeah, 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 and you've got women in the same sentence, you've yeah. got a whole lot of frigid baggage uh, there. You've got the baggage there. They think you're going towards some sort of cold woman, uh, right. bitch, sex freeze kind of. That's all that rhetoric around that yeah. particular topic is very loaded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I think you want to. So maybe if I sell in, in a divorce. This is like, you know, but yeah, I'm not going to have a family law debate. Not going to have a family law debate on stage. Yeah. My grandfather started the family law courts in Australia. Did he? Yeah. I mean, there is a huge... Part of the panel of five, three of whom were killed. Really? <laughs> yeah, because they had no fault divorce and were often giving custody to women. In uh, those days, mainly because women were the ones who stayed at home. Yeah. But there would be these men who just had their children taken away from them. Yeah. And would, I mean, there was a, a bomb. One of their wives was killed with Shit. a letterbox bomb. Just yeah. this whole thing. Wow. You're gonna have to do so much editing. Yeah, this. yeah, exactly. You should have picked a. Sorry, this is my fault. Oh no, no, I don't care. Um, yeah, I mean, you probably just wanted more editing work, anyways. That's that's something. And uh, yeah, I don't know enough about it. I would love. I should read up on it. But the fact that divorce skews in favor of the woman oh, for various reasons it's it's it should but then i've heard arguments that it, it's totally biased and unfair how the settlements happen in a divorce yes yeah. i don't know i think alimony stuff is more american law than australian law right. australian law is pretty equitable yeah um when it comes to divorce settlements um it's hard to value the work that a woman does in the home if she is the homemaker. Yeah. It's really hard to value that. And it's harder now that those roles are destabilised. Yeah. Um, It used to be a woman would give up a career. Yeah. And 
so all of her prospects yeah, and yeah. all of her livelihood yeah. relied on you and then if it broke up then that's her value in the world destroyed yeah it seems fair enough right but if you're both professional people yeah contributing relatively equally but she's given up say two days a week mm. to be sort of more supportive to you right like that that's when it starts to get cloudy because yeah. how much of that is just her not wanting to work as much yeah. and wanting you to support her yeah. and then you break up and she just feels like she deserves to continue to be supported yeah. that's where it starts to get into men's rights activist yeah. territory because yeah. they're like well, this stupid bitch is just lazy and doesn't want to work well yeah she just wants to have my money well yeah obviously it's it's a case by case thing and I didn't do family law at all so I wouldn't know how equitable it is in Australia, but I, my marriage stance is, you know, I've tried writing jokes around it, um, because I just think marriage seems insane. I don't know, like, why, if I meet someone and, and I'm happy to be partnered up for life, but I'm, I don't need the tax break that bad. Yeah, I'm sort of maybe against the tax break. Yeah. But not against marriage. Yeah. You get married if you want to, but then just don't have it be tied to civil yeah. outcomes yeah. we don't organize ourselves along familial unitary lines so much anymore it's not yeah. those are no longer the building blocks from which our society is constructed it's not we don't have clans and that kind of yeah so there's not well i don't understand what the incentive is for our society to, to have a big fuck off party and act like you own a kingdom for a night well i hate that shit like man i used to bartend weddings and like it was just sometimes they were they are joyous occasions and stuff but i don't know for the most part uh i mean i've, I've seen brawls at weddings um this is yeah classic wa perth type shit and it was um and i've seen the mother of the bride projectile vomit red wine all over her table um after but no after standing up and clinking a glass like she was gonna tell a speech <laughs> So it was fucking amazing. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I mean, that's a bit off track, but I just think marriage is a totally antiquated notion and it just seems totally bizarre because you can't say you're going to feel like that forever until they release the fucking oxytocin pill. You know, like, I don't know. It's just so bizarre. I, it just, it, to me, and now that I'm at an age where I should should have been married off by now, and you're on the shelf. Yeah, you're an old spinster. I'm a fucking spinster, and I'm just slowly getting more cats. Um, so I don't know. It's a, uh, I like I don't know where you stand on marriage. I think you just well, you just said you're not adverse to it, but I, you just think it's tied. I up think with, it's terrifying. Yeah, I I think I I believe in it, and and if you do it, it's an in, like it's just yeah. I just don't think it should be taken as lightly as it is. Yeah. I think maybe one in every 30 people that get married should be getting married. Yeah. Because it's a huge deal. Yeah. I think sort of almost that it should be only arranged marriages. I don't think you should start off in love. Yeah. I think you should start off being like, oh, yeah. Yeah. I reckon you're all right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because then it can go uphill. If you start off in love... Yeah. As you say, that shit doesn't last. No. You can't base a marriage on love. What are you, mad? Yeah. That's an insane thing to do. Totally. It is. And it seems like a moment of insanity. If but... you're going to get married, it's a, it's a business proposition. You're, yeah. It's an alliance. You're going to build a thing together. You're going to... A family or a family business or... You, it's like a... It's a thing, yeah. right? Yeah. It's a... 
it's a construct yeah. and that should not be based on the on the rigidity of your genitals yeah <laughs> like that's that's a that's a lot to rest a kingdom on totally and it's it's i mean you know it's so fleeting to to just think that okay i'm gonna die with this person do you yeah. know what i'm saying like Which you uh, can do yeah but not if you're but yeah you can do it but why love. why do you have to have it recognized by the state yeah, yeah. I, I think yeah i think if you're going to do it as a partnership do it but i think you should almost not be allowed to do it mm. until you're not in love anymore yeah 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 exactly like, no one should be no one who's in love should be allowed to get married to the person that they love that's fucking brilliant <laughs> I can't believe we got there. Yeah. That's the conclusion. Um, oh. Do you have a Twitter? I do, at Mike G. Steen. Um, yeah, on Twitter. Steen, I-E-N? E-I-N. E-I-N. Yeah, and then there's a there's a Facebook page as well. So, yeah, check it out. Look him up, Mike G. Yeah. All right, All right. awesome. You're having tea with Alice. <laughs>